Hey there, Zlatko here. Welcome to What Is My Brain podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I get the opportunity to chat with fellow founders and business operators about their journey and how they got to where they are now, where they are going and how they're going to get there. I'm planning on bringing guests and touching on topics such as running multiple businesses, executing ideas, and just spitballing about random topics and current events. It's a casual conversation, and that will hopefully bring value to anyone that decides to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, awesome. Uh, Emir, uh, thanks so much for, for jumping on the podcast, man. Um, I, I just, uh, like I said, we connected uh, a couple, probably about a month, month and a half ago on Twitter. Uh, I posted something about short-term rentals and being very interested in that space. And uh, last last names connected somehow. <laughs> you saw my last yeah. name, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so yeah, man, got a, got to chat with you, and I found your your journey to be very interesting, and uh, I think a space that uh, I'm really interested in uh, in terms of technology and the short term rental stuff. So um, I just go ahead and tell people about yourself, what you're doing, what you're working on, anything you want to share. Just uh, just go for it, man. I'd I'd, I'd love to give people a little bit of insight what you what you guys do at uh, Rabu. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, when I saw you uh, post on about short-term rentals uh, <laughs> with the last name, I was like, oh man, this guy might be from the same same place where I'm from. So um, <laughs> also, it's not often that I get introduced as Emir, which is the right way to pronounce it. So right. not uh, usually, you know, being in the States, when I introduce myself, it's Emir. But yeah, it's em- Emir. Emir, uh, so yeah. Emir, Emir Dukic, but yeah. Uh, for those that can't quite pronounce the the r, yeah. go with Amir. The um, the so the, the r is actually really hard to do in a lot of uh, in a lot of languages. That if you're not Eastern European, that that there are rolling is really hard for people. So uh, yeah, man, yeah. absolutely. And, and also the yeah. thing is, in our language, just to for everyone, anyone that decides to listen to this, is you just say every letter of the name and you're golden. Like you can't fuck that up too bad. So. You know, I mean, the, the great thing uh, about our language uh, was that every letter always sounds the same, right? There's no yeah. like rules. A Z is always a Z. You're always going to yeah. use Latko. That doesn't mean just because the Z comes after a T doesn't mean that the T is silent. It's always exactly. Be, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and that's, sometimes when I talk to friends, they're like, oh, yeah, your, your language sounds complicated. Like, actually, it's simple because every letter always sounds the same. Um, it's too it's, simple. It's mind boggling. It's right. too simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the other yeah. spectrum. But yeah, man, no, I, I, awesome, man. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, yeah so uh, my name is Amir Dukic. Uh, I'm the CEO of Rabu. We uh, are a short-term rental investment platform. So we help real estate investors find and operate short-term rentals. We tell them what properties to buy, how much they can make. And then if they need our help, we also help them manage that property. Uh, we believe short-term rentals are a new asset class in real estate. Um, and something that COVID has actually accelerated, right? Before COVID, you know, people would stay at an Airbnb just for a couple of days um, while they're traveling because they didn't want to stay in a hotel. Now, as a result of COVID, um, you know, the work from anywhere, work remote lifestyle is kind of mm-hmm. accelerated need for homes that are more flexible. Um, yeah. You know, no longer are people just renting something for a year. They're renting through short-term rentals, things for a few weeks or a few months at a time and just spending some time in San Fran and going to Austin and going to Miami, just being more nomadic because they can be. So we mm-hmm. are helping investors provide that supply and then help uh, tenants and guests stay at our properties. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Now, uh, my uh, how did, so let me ask you this. Let me just kind of take a little bit of a step back. Um, how did you and what part of Rabu did you build? Did you develop? Did you, you know, how did you get to 
now building a company. I believe you said, um, if you don't mind sharing, you guys got funded uh, not too long ago, right? Yeah, we, we've, we've had a couple of rounds of funding. Uh, okay. The way the company started, so it's funny that you're actually wearing a Man City shirt. Um, I'm Man a Man City, City fan. Those, I'm, yeah, I, I told yeah. my girlfriend recently, if they win Champions League and if they win uh, Premier League this year, I'm getting a tattoo on my thigh. Yeah, well, she doesn't have to worry about it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those is going to happen. Just letting you know, Liverpool and then Bayern. Oh, man. Twice. Just letting we'll you know. have a whole them, different you know, conversation you, you, on that. Right. Yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can, you can let her uh, uh, rest easy. Uh, it's not going to happen. I have to talk shit just because <laughs> I know, I know. we can. Um, but, yeah, so uh, my background is just like you. I'm originally from Bosnia. Um was born there. My family was forced to flee when a civil war broke out. Uh, and we fled to Germany. Uh, that's We fled when I was six, lived in Germany for six years, and then moved to the States when I was 12 to a city um, in North Carolina called Lexington. Um, okay. And that was um, you know, quite a bit of a culture shock. Uh, the reason for that is nothing against Lexington, but I'd moved from um, Germany in a city that was about 300,000 people, good-sized city, um, and then everything I knew about the United States, what I'd seen on TV, right, with Miami, New York, Chicago, just like yep, Great Metropolis. Yep. And then you move to Langston, North Carolina, where the tallest building was like four stories and there's pig statues everywhere. And you're just like, what the fuck just happened to me? <laughs> Where's all the stuff that I saw on TV? Like, what is going on here? So um, first opportunity I got, I moved to the big city. Uh, so for college, I went down to Charlotte. I went to University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Um, and got an engineering degree, did the engineering thing for a handful of years upon graduating. And transparently, I grew depressed and, and grew anxiety uh, just okay. because for whatever reason, I just wasn't happy. Like right, I right, could right. see my career path and I just wasn't, wasn't happy. Um, and I knew I wanted to do something else. So how, long, how many years back, were you in it when, until you like figured that out? Uh, I mean, I, I think I knew right away, but like, you know, at that point uh, we just had our first child. You were trying to be a grown adult and try to be responsible. Right, but right, then right. like when you're, you know, I remember one story vividly where, um, you know, my, uh, my wife had just delivered our son, our oldest now nine, okay. nine years old. He was, um, and then she was just, he was like four or five days old. She was just taking him in for a checkup at the pediatrician. Uh, and because I was so anxious, I, at the same time, before she went to the pediatrician, she dropped me off at my at my doctor to get me checked out because I was just having such bad anxiety. Oh, I just sure. wasn't happy, right? So, Oof. you know, long story short, uh, to tie it back to your shirt, this is yeah. not a bad story, just to tie it back to your shirt. <laughs> right around that time, I found I heard about a tech startup in Charlotte called Kick. It was uh, KYCK. It was a soccer technology platform initially built as a um, as a social network to only talk about soccer. So wow. being in Charlotte, which is where I was based, I was like, holy shit, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. European, right, 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 you're, right. You, when you're European, you, you're basically soccer's in your blood. You don't right, have exactly, exactly. So uh, I reached out to the startup and um, the CEO of that startup uh, was a serial entrepreneur in Charlotte. And he uh, basically said, sure, you can do some work for me for free if you're interested in joining. So while having my engineering job, I started doing some social posts and doing some work uh, for this company for free um, and did well enough that they eventually brought me on. So um, started building a technology background that way. Started off as a business analyst and then, you know, worked my way up to be the, a product owner, then um, was basically head of product in the sense of like uh, 
product in like helping manage the product, right? Um, and then okay. um, end up being the VP of ops of the company when it was acquired by NBC Sports. Oh, wow. Um, so joined NBC, uh, but knew that was like temporary. It was only going to be there for about a year. Um, mm-hmm. So right around that same time period, um, that was it one I of those like these... acquisitions, aqua hire things? Aqua hires, you... yep, exactly, okay, okay, right. okay, 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 okay. exactly yeah. right. So you guys exactly still had right. a contractual so... obligation to like be there for a period of time to like migrate yeah. everything over and all that. Okay, cool. exactly right. So my my obligation was for a year, and um, you know, transparently, like when you're doing something like that, you're never like fully bought in. You start thinking about your next step. You've kind of, right. you know, just natural, right? Yeah. Um, one foot in the door, one foot out the door. It's like, oh, what do exactly I do right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, that was especially the case for me because I knew kind of kick was my step, like was my was my MBA in entrepreneurism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now it was time to like do something on my own. So while I was at NBC, played around with multiple ideas of what I wanted to do next, and you know what we ended up doing just by happenstance happened to do during that time was my wife and I bought a house that had a detached garage behind the house and then a room with a bathroom above it um okay and you know um initially we thought that was going to be like a mother-in-law suite um as you know it's very traditional in like bosnian culture to have your parents live nearby or have a Mm -hmm. place for them to 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 be so we're thinking okay well my parents come visit because they were at that point in wilmington north carolina when they come visit they can stay there but then they ended up moving to baltimore so they weren't nearly as close so Right. You know, what do we do? Decided to make it an Airbnb and just hoping for some discretionary income, you know, something to help us pay the uh, child, child, uh, child care. Right. Just, and just what year was money. this? Man, I'm terrible with numbers. This would have okay, been no 2000, shoot, like 17 or so. Okay. 2016, okay. 2017. Okay. Um, so and, not too long um, ago. No, not, not too long ago. So we furnished this, this room above our garage and put it on Airbnb um again not not expecting much but next thing we know we had we were making enough money off this square 200 square foot room of a garage to pay the mortgage on our house like holy shit that's crazy like there's there's demand for this we were basically you know what they call in in some like real estate circles house hacking without meaning to we just Mm -hmm. happened to be that way we were living rent free uh i mean mortgage free um at our house so we're like okay there's definitely an opportunity here. So that's how we got started. Um, and then we ended up doing, getting a few more places. My wife and I did. Um, nice. And we used to run everything ourselves, you know, do, did all the furnishing, yeah. all the communication, did everything ourselves uh, and realized that there was an even bigger opportunity than just like, you know, your second, like a spare room that you have, that if you turn a property, entire property into a short-term rental, you could make some, you know, really good passive income. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it just wasn't passive at that point because we were doing all the work. So right. I uh, brought on a co-founder to, with the company. Um, his name is James Strong. He's a full-stack developer. And I basically said, hey, James, kind of had this idea. I've been executed on it with very much like an ops hat, kind of like, um, you know, blood and tears hat. Right. But let's let's see how much of this we can automate. So can you come in? We'll do this together. We'll leave NBC We'll raise some kind of seed capital, which we did, uh, and let's start building this out and see where it's going to take us. So, to answer, it was a long way of answering your question, but uh, I started off uh, more on the ops and the execution side, and then brought on a co-founder 
who I've known from the kick days to be the um, uh, the technical kind of brains behind it. I love it. I love it, man. And did you did you guys uh, did you guys have any either of you have any experience like raising funding at that point or how did you go about it? Because I'm curious because I've actually never uh, raised funding like I tried to bootstrap everything that I tried to get into. Um, so I'm just curious on how quickly you guys were able to raise and like what that looked like on your end. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, very early on, we had to decide, did we want to make this a, a cool lifestyle business or was there a bigger opportunity? Or So that's right, kind of the right. first question you have to ask yourself. And for us, with the returns that we're seeing, it made more sense to go down the venture route for this right. particular project. Um, so that was the first decision we had to make. It's like, okay, you know, do we have a good lifestyle business or do we want venture route? So we decided we wanted to go the venture route. So after that, it was really, I mean, transparently, it was a lot of mentorship talking to the previous, any founders that I know um, or right. that I was meeting, uh, kind of talking to them uh, about the process and a lot of trial and error. You know, I'm, we're actually getting ready to raise some capital soon. And it's, again, uh, this would be our third round. And then you kind of start off with like a, almost like a, like a self-built CRM, right? right and I'm just right. using Google Docs, but you start identifying people who could be good investors you ask people for connections, and then you kind of start working that. It's really a sales funnel, right? right what right, you're doing right. is selling. So you have to identify the kind of the leads, uh, you know, and then yeah. start figuring out a way to get in front of the leads and and, and nurture them. So uh, going back to, to your question, it took us a while. I mean, probably six to nine months. Um, again, I'm terrible with timing, but six yeah, yeah, to nine yeah. months to raise the initial kind of round, which was uh, a million and a half dollars. And how much of the product was done at that point? Um, nothing uh, that was easily demoable. Demoable, yeah, demoable. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of it was kind of like uh, you know zaps and kind of backend infrastructure that was built on Heroku. That I mean, you could show it, but it wasn't significant, right? Uh, it's it was more like more, duct tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, yeah, very, very much duct tape. Uh, duct right. tape together. Nice. And, and, uh, and how quickly, so it was just you guys starting it off. Did you guys start hiring pretty quickly after you raised that funding and all that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hiring was probably the hardest thing, uh, yeah. as part of this, we, we, we did start hiring. So, uh, yeah, it was James and myself early on. We had support from a few team members that kind of came in and out, you know, a lot of people, this sounds terrible to say, think they want to be entrepreneurs and they realize the kind of work and effort it takes. Of course, of course. Uh, it just doesn't that's work That's a truthful out. That's okay. thing. That's not even a bad thing. That's a truthful thing to yeah. say because there's a lot and of people. The, the, yeah. Right. And that doesn't demean, I don't mean that to demean them or yeah. in any other fashion. It's just, it's just fact. And it's, right. it's also, it's a, it's a form of like right place, right time. Like there's circ circumstantially it has to, it has to be the right, right. time. You know, one of right, the team right. members uh, that joined early on that didn't last long. His dad had a child, and the child had some um, some complications at birth, so he needed to step away. Right. Um, others, you know, the, 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 took too much time commitment away from their family. So it's very circumstantial the way I right, think about it. Right. Um, but yeah, we started bringing on team members um, throughout the process, um, and that was hard. Uh, that was really hard because you know everybody always tells you it's hard, but then you're like, oh yeah, I would never hire that person if I was in those shoes. But when right. you're in those shoes and you're trying to solve problems and you're just trying to move fast and figure it out, um, sometimes you don't do the proper diligence and you make some mistakes. 
Yeah, um, yeah, but absolutely. We still struggle you know, that over with that over here at an agency level, yeah. and a lot of agency stuff can be, you know, more contractor based or whatever. And uh, we still struggle at that. I think I think that's one of those things that you'll never have a solution for because you're dealing with so many different personalities and situations. Like you said, circumstantial, right? Like some people may be a great fit, but personal life gets in the way, or other things get in the way, or health, unfortunately. And so, yeah, man, it's tough. It, it is. It is. And then, like the worst ones are. Uh, the people that like actually mean really well and they work really hard, but like they almost, instead of like, uh, I used to use this analogy a lot uh, when, when there's a problem, instead of like building a bridge to get over the problem, they like consistently run through the bridge, right? Like they're right. just like running to the wall. Yeah. I'm like, no, like stop doing that. Stop forcing yourself to like, do the hard work, figure out the solution to it. So you don't have to ever do it again. Exactly. And sometimes like those were some of the hardest ones to move away from because they were so like upset about it, but it was the best for, thing for them too. Cause right. obviously they worked hard and, you know, but it just wasn't healthy for them or for us to kind of continue doing the same things over and over again. So, right. um, you know, that was, uh, it, we're getting better, but you know, you still, strike out quite a bit yeah on, on it's one of those side. yeah it's always one of those like ongoing optimizations i mean um yeah with this last round of hiring we had to do uh, probably the, probably the best round of hiring we've had and that was simply because there was a process in place and there was a lot of things that you know we learned from previous stuff and and what kind of personalities we jive with and who a good personality is for this kind of job and this kind of job so there's just a lot of that, and I think that's uh, extremely important. But how big are you guys now? Are you guys are like 20, 30 people now, or how big are you guys? We're at 30, 30 people now. Um, wow. 30 people. You know, a year, a little bit over a year ago, it was like seven of us. Uh, that's amazing. We raised another round of capital in in, uh, in September of last year um, that is helping us take this next step. Um, and what's been what's been the biggest driver for your guys's growth in terms of like on a on a software basis like um is it is it just you know are you guys have salespeople out there like what is the biggest thing that's kind of getting you i mean you guys are about to raise your third round so you must be doing you know pretty good in revenue and all this other stuff as well yeah you know the biggest thing that helped us uh late q2 of last year we released a tool um called data.rabu.com i love that tool man i love that tool like i'm on that tool probably at least once a week if not if not more when i'm i've told so many people about it i think that was a genius idea genius idea yeah that that was one of those breakthrough moments it's so it's a tool we accidentally released for free it's something i've been using internally and james my co-founder cto he accidentally yep. made it available for free and somebody, somebody, somehow somebody found it and started using it. But what it does for context is that you enter an address anywhere in the United States and a bedroom count and it tells you how much that property could make as a Airbnb, as a short-term rental, and then gives you the, a list of all the comps nearby. So you can say, okay, this is like my property, this isn't. And then so you know how much your property would make. And it tells you through seasonality, like, hey, in March, because this is when most people come to San Francisco – you're going to make more than in January because nobody comes in January. I'm just yeah. making up numbers here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, and so it does that. It's almost like a Zestimate for short-term rentals, right? Uh, it just kind of gets you comfortable with what the revenue opportunity is. So we released that tool and made it free. Uh, basically said, hey, this is a um, kind of an awareness tool. And it's also an abundance tool. And what I mean by that is we're big believers in like, 
the rising tides lift up an entire community. So by making this free and telling people, here's a tool, if you can figure out how to get involved in short-term rentals and what to buy, feel free to use it. No, nothing on our end. We're not asking anything in return. So that's, you know, we have about 40 to, well, we just passed 40,000 monthly active users on that, 200 plus thousand searches um, in, in a little bit over six months. So that tool has kind of been, the kind of uh, the hockey stick for us that's amazing that's congratulations that doesn't happen very often where something like that accidentally goes out and um and and starts to take a life on its own almost and uh, i know i'm it, telling it, you man I've, I've i've shared that tool with many people i had somebody um actually the the ceo at my agency um her name is grace and i was literally just talking to her because they, she's planning on making a move to possibly the other side of the country and i was like uh you know i was kept telling her i think you should try to do short-term rental in your place and like on the west coast to see you know and she's like well i don't think we could do this and i was just like you know what use this and she like well she's like oh my god this is amazing because she's a numbers person and i told her right. about the newsletter which i text you about uh, i was like dude this or emailed you uh i said this newsletter is amazing you click on the thing and my girlfriend who i've been trying to like talk to about short-term rentals and different things she comes from an accounting and finance perspective so you know spreadsheets to her are absolutely everything and she's kind of like been very like uh maybe i do want to do this maybe i don't how much money can we do and all this other stuff and all of a sudden once that spreadsheet came out she's like oh this is this is everything like this is all i need and that google sheet the way it's organized and the way you guys give all the you know repair and everything i i wanted i know there's probably so many layers to this but tell me a little bit about the data aggregation and how you guys and without sharing anything you don't want to share, but like, how is that information fed? How you guys decide those numbers? And at what point do you realize, like, at what point do you kind of get maybe even some sort of confirmation that is the actual number versus like what you guys have, you know, kind of put together in that sense? Yeah, great question. So what we do is we collect the data directly from the marketplaces that most people list their properties on. So Airbnb, Verbo, wherever else the case may be. Right, so okay, we okay. collect that data on a consistent basis. Um, to for the United States currently, we've had plenty of requests to like go Canada, Mexico, and Europe, but right now it's kind of very U.S. focused. Um, and so we collect that data and have some uh, algorithms that we've developed through our analysts uh, that say, okay, take out on both ends these extremes, right? These properties okay. are not good, good data sets. These aren't. And then we also have historical seasonality data. So what I mean by that is like we know historically – you know, what are the best months for short-term rentals in different markets? And it really varies market by market. Like, right. for example, some people are surprised by this, but like Miami, Florida, you would think, you know, it's really ex- popular during the summer. It's actually not. It's like January through March, through April, like the best months in Miami. The summer is completely dead because it's the rainy season, but like our data knows oh. that. So we then know to tell you um, that, you know, you'll make... I'm just making this up, $5,000 per month if you turn this property into a short-term rental. But during the spring months, you'll actually make $7,500. And then in the winter months, you make $2,500 so that you have a proper expectation of where, uh, where that is that is going to go. So that's based on uh, both historical data that we have, um, that we've collected prior, and then continuously connecting um, you know, new data on how actual Airbnbs uh, are performing right now 
and then kind of screening out through some algorithms, screening out the out, screening out the outliers. Oh, nice, nice. I love it, man. I love it. No, because I think uh, and and I, I, again go to my other part of the question: uh, How do you go about actually maybe getting some confirmation for your sake of validation from like you know how your data is working? Yeah. Like, how do you guys go about getting some of that back and saying like, yeah, actually, no, I made actually more than the thirty eight hundred that you guys. Do you guys just be a little bit more conservative and then hopefully like somebody can make more? How does that work? That's a great question. So for us, historically, you know, we have our own kind of performance data and we operate them. So we're okay. able to compare our data to the data of uh, of the tool. Um, so, uh, you know, for the most part, we've been we've done. It's been highly accurate. Now, um, you know, there's a couple of factors to keep in mind. One, uh, the tool gives you the ability to select your comps. So you can say these are the right properties for me. So that that is pretty important, right? Right. So let's say you pick a property, you know, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think um, a good location out in San Francisco, like in in Napa, right? One yeah. could be part of a vineyard and it charges 500 bucks a night, but yours is not, right? right. So right. the initial right. search result will show you that 500 bucks a night vineyard. That's probably not a good comp for you. You should probably not select that. So there's a little bit of importance in making sure you select the right comps but if you select them that the data is very accurate that's amazing that's amazing and and who uh man i can only imagine how many people do you have just doing like data stuff like that on a daily basis uh a handful of them yeah there's i mean that's obviously key to what we do so we have analysts we have engineers we have product guys that are kind of owning this product um we actually just added another product manager to the team last week who was part of another uh, uh, data, short-term rental data startup called AirDNA. He was an okay. early product guy there. Uh, and he just he just joined us last week to kind of take that product to the next level as well. So uh, excited that, about that. And what what is the next steps for you guys? Where do you, where do you kind of foresee this? Or I, I don't know, whatever you can share in terms of like, you know, and the other question I wanted to ask you earlier, maybe this ties into it, is like, how quickly, uh, how quickly can you expand into other regions or even maybe go abroad to like, let's say, a, a, let's talk about Manchester City earlier, UK or whatever it is. Like, right. how, do, how, does, how does that, like, is it a flip of a switch or is it more like we have to kind of rebuild the data thing because of certain pieces of like pricing over there? Yeah, I mean, because the, there's yeah, also the a lot of regulations part. and stuff and all sure. this stuff. Yeah. You have to so, right. So. I was going to answer the second part first, but I'll ask, yeah. answer the first part now because you kind of alluded to it. So the first part is uh, what what the what's next with the tool, uh, understanding regulations better and just being right. very clear with regulations on short-term rentals and making sure that that's part of the decision-making. We do that through analysts, but we want to give you a front-facing version of that. We also want to let you know how much long-term rentals can make as like a backstop because a lot of people are saying, hey, if for whatever reason short-term rentals don't work out, how much can I make as a short-term as a long-term rental? So right, okay. <laughs> we want to give you that comparative data set, uh, and then but the big project is what we're calling the the buy box, um, and that is basically you'd come to us, Lotko, and you'd say, "Hey, I'm looking to spend X amount of money in this market and looking for this type of return," and then we start feeding you the properties that only match your criteria. Oh, um, so then you'll be able to, you know, buy things that match what you need um so that's what's coming in the pipeline with regards to other markets it's at this point 
we could turn on another market at any point. Uh, there would be some server and kind of technology costs right, for right, collecting right. that data. Uh, but we just we want to get get a little bit further deeper in the United States first before opening up elsewhere, just because of the the regulatory piece. We yeah, have yeah. zero to no expertise out there uh, in other markets, uh, and we don't want to set false expectations. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, that that's amazing, man. And uh, I yeah, I was really really impressed by the the level of detail, and I was like wow, is there some database that I didn't know about that these guys are just tapping into and they're just feeding this in a really nice and sexy way or whatever it was. But there's obviously a, a shit ton of work you guys are doing in the back end and making sure that these numbers are are legit. Um, so what kind of, and so where does most of your, where does most of the revenue you guys are currently making, where does that come from at, at the moment? At the moment, it honestly comes from the uh, actual management of the properties. So okay. we've made the tool for free, as I mentioned. Um, so the managing of the property is how we make a uh, majority of our revenue. Um, we've also recently, because we've gotten some exclusivity on portfolios and properties, we've okay. made some money on the actual transaction of the asset. So, you know, we just helped yeah. an investor group acquire 43 short-term rentals in Charles. We get some, I uh, get a piece of that transaction. We have a couple of portfolios we're currently selling for investors, where we'll get a piece of that transaction. And that's just kind of a natural evolution of the product. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the property management is right now the the primary uh, revenue generator. And and uh, what what are kind of the the pieces to that side of the business that are that what does that require of you guys in order to you know now that you're all actually doing exclusive stuff? But what does it require of you guys for somebody to you know use your management services versus somebody else? And and what is what, what's on your end of the stick there? Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, we don't operate vacation rentals. We offer short-term rentals. And you might be like, what are you talking about, man? <clears throat> but vacation rentals, in our mind, are second homes that people have, and they're using short you know, vacation tenants to offset their liabilities, right? right. Uh, so those groups actually have completely different requirements than and operating requirements that investors do. An investor buys a property, gets it ready, and then for the best return, uh, of the property. They don't care that their favorite bath mat is there when they come back or that their family pictures on the wall, right? Right. They care that the property looks good, that guests are going to be comfortable, that it can stay there for a couple of days or a couple of months. Um, yep. So there, there's a lot of intricacies that are different there uh, between the traditional vacation mm -hmm. rental and then the short-term rentals. Um, so uh, our our operations optimize for short-term rentals, for guests staying and owners never staying there. So you know, anything from like how, how the property is accessed through smart home devices to like how and when we communicate with the guests, uh, you know, the, the way we market the property, actually looking for guests that are going to stay for multiple weeks and months at a time versus just a couple of days. So right. all that goes into it. It's all, um, you know, return driven. That's amazing. While still That's... human, right? We're not like, you know, we definitely don't do the things where it's like, uh, we definitely don't do party houses. We don't, you know, right. a lot of times people like, Oh, how many beds can we put in this room? And the answer is one, and it should be yeah. a queen bed, right? right, right we're right, not looking right, right. to like create party houses. This is something that people can live in, and it's part of like a evolving culture um, right. of how people live, work, and travel. So um, those things uh, are taken into account. Absolutely. Now, uh, let me ask you just uh, on all of your knowledge that you have on on kind of the data and everything. Um, you know, there's like certain things that it's like. 
oh, this is still the early days of this industry or this is, you know, we're, we're kind of deep into it. Do you think short-term rentals is, where do you think it is at its stages? Is it more like, oh man, there's so much more to go and there's so much more opportunity or do you feel like it's kind of like already getting kind of a little bit saturated in a sense? Um, it's definitely early, um, but it's also much more saturated. <coughs> Excuse me. It's much more saturated than it was when I first started. Right. And what I mean by that is that when I first started, people were, were getting 20 to 30% cash on cash returns on a regular basis. Now that there's more supply, uh, those returns are being kind of driven down. Um, and that's just natural. It's a natural evolution. You know, uh, groups that were, you know, getting 20 to 30% before are not getting, you know, 15% returns. Um, right, right, and right, right. The same thing happened with, with uh, single-family long-term rentals about a dozen years ago, right, where a group figured out that there's a lot of demand for single-family long-term rentals. So they started buying a lot of them, initially got really good returns, and then the returns shrunk over time. But they're still, it still has been the most profitable way to invest revenue, to, to invest money. So right. I think to answer your question – it's saturated compared to where it was, you know, three to five years ago, but it's still incredibly early. Um, but the the return numbers are are going to shrink. Um, but that's okay. It's still a great investment strategy, much more stable than, you know, other things in the market. Yeah. And are you yourself at all, like, investing still in that side of the, like, buying and, like, doing the short-term rental thing? Or you yeah, just, absolutely. Like- Oh, you are. Uh, oh, nice. absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think the upside in this space is significant. We actually just uh, were small investors in a apartment building in Asheville that we're converting into a, into an entire Airbnb. It's going to be 20 Airbnbs in this building, really cool part of town. Um, wow. That, um, you know, I, I believe people are just going to love because it's, it's better than a hotel because it's larger, still mm-hmm. can walk everywhere and you can stay a couple of days or a couple of months. Um, it's really up to you. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, when's when's that going to be all ready to go? It's in construction phase right now, uh, so we're hoping for uh, a June launch. But you know, transparently, probably closer to um, August is my guess. Right, 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 but right. Open for June. Oh, that's that's uh, that's awesome, man. I uh, make sure you send me pictures when that's all done. I, I'm yeah. I was telling my girlfriend after you and I talked last time about you know uh, North Carolina and all that stuff. Uh, you know, she, we went and looked at pictures and we looked at even properties there and all this other stuff. And so, um, I, I'd love to, I'd love to go out there sometime. So maybe we could just stay at one of your, uh, Airbnbs over there. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, uh, Asheville is one of the coolest cities you'll ever go to. That's, <laughs> what, like that's a, what you told me. What, what, what's, what's so, what's so great about it? I mean, I, I don't, I think I knew maybe one other person that actually lived there. Yeah. Um, what's so great about it? Have you been to Portland, Oregon? I haven't. Uh, my girlfriend yeah. has. I have. I've been to like Denver, Colorado. Yeah, I okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like a. It's like a little bit of like a miniature mountain city. Okay. Well, miniature city, but it's in the mountains of North Carolina. A unbelievable brewery scene everywhere. It has some of the okay. best breweries anywhere in, in 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 the world. All you know within. I think there's. It's got the highest um, brewery brewery per capita ratio in the United States. So oh, there's wow. breweries everywhere. Really strong food scene, <coughs> a great climate. It's like a year-round destination. In the winter, you can go skiing. In the summer, it's you know it's got a perfect climate. So, great food, great beer, funky people, um, a great climate. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. And what are what are some of the other what are some of the other hot spots in terms of um, Airbnb at the moment that you guys are seeing that are just like you would have never predicted, like let's say a year ago or eight months ago, even or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's on. It's primarily the southeast uh, is really popular, right? So um, you know the Carolinas are great uh, into into like the Georgia mountains are actually doing really well. Savannah, Georgia is a great market. Um, and then Florida is just, it's Florida, right? Like right. Miami is off the charts, the Orlando area, the Panhandle, <coughs> all doing well. I personally love, uh, Texas Hill country. So that's okay. kind of the area in Texas between Austin and San Antonio. Uh, okay. it's got a bunch of great vineyards, breweries, distilleries, um, great kind of like topography and setting. So kind of, and then Arizona too. Uh, so it's kind of the best way to describe it is starting like Phoenix and then kind of go through New Mexico into Texas, down to Florida and up uh, through Georgia into the Carolinas. And then Nashville, of course, it's, it's high on the list, but that's kind of the magic, magic area. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, the, the West coast is obviously way too expensive. The East coast is like way too expensive. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it is exactly right. You know, the West coast is awesome. It's just pricey. Now you'll have some of the best Airbnbs ever on the West coast. Like right. uh, uh, Joshua Tree is famous for having some of the coolest Airbnbs in the world just because of the, again, the topography being close to, to the yeah. national park. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's the other thing I was, um, I was thinking not too long ago about, you know, places like that, Joshua Tree and stuff. Uh, I, I, I always wondered how many people uh, actually go out because right now, like, you know, people go in and like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do Uber and I'm going to buy like five cars and I'm going to have a fleet and other people are going to be driving it. I'm curious to how many people in the Airbnb world, maybe you know this number, maybe you don't, go out and just buy like an Airstream or one of these things and just drop it somewhere in the ground and just give people like almost like a pin drop and say, hey, this is where you're staying at for like seven days during this, you know, whether it's a festival or whatever it is. I, I wonder if there's like an investment group or somebody that's doing just that, where they just buy a bunch of trailers and stuff that people are, you know, whether people can't pay for it anymore or whatever, and they just get it for the low and put, flip it and change it inside or whatever they have to do. And it, 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 I like where your head is going with this. Um, I'm transparently not my space. I'm not familiar with it. I know there's a lot of these like, uh, <coughs> excuse me, glamping websites, right? right? I think glamping.com is one of them. So it sounds like that's more, along the lines there. Um, I think there's some opportunity there. I'm, again, not that familiar with it. But, right, right, right. Uh, I can definitely, see, especially for like festivals or events uh, or anything of that nature, um, There's, I'm sure there's plenty of demand. I know, I know. Just driving a bunch of air, sick airstreams into like a festival ground and just dropping them off and be like, you're going to pay $500 a night and people will be like, of course I am. <laughs> of course, because part of the experience, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, that, that's uh, that's really awesome. So um, what, so what's, uh, in terms of uh, on the work front, um, what what's kind of the next, uh, next move? Are you guys planning on growing the company a lot more in terms of people? Um, is it, are you guys able to do what you need to do for the next, like, you know, a few quarters with like the same personnel that you have now? Like where, where's all that stuff going? Yeah. On? You know, it's, it's, it's one of those debates we're having internally right now. It's like, how aggressive do we want to get? Uh, I think I mentioned we're likely going to raise another round of capital in the next, right. you know, six, six, six to 12 months. Um, so it's really kind of taken advantage of the opportunity that's presented itself. We're seeing a lot of growth. There's a lot of demand coming to this place and, you know, to go back to your initial question, um, to around like 
how and why raise venture capital. Uh, you, you raise venture, you know, because of the opportunity uh, that you see in front of you. But there's right. only so much venture you want to raise because you're by raising venture, you're diluting yourself. So, of course, you know, it's of always course. kind of in the back of your mind. It's like, yeah, I want to be aggressive, but I don't want to, you know, create a billion dollar company that I own 0.1% of. Right. Right. Exactly. There's, exactly. Doing a lifestyle business makes a lot more sense. I could make more money than. Than that. Right. So, exactly. um, you know, it's trying to right now, it's really trying to figure out that balance. Um, right. It's like right, how right. much money, how fast do we want to grow? How much money do we want to raise um, so that we can create the ultimate outcome for, for the shareholders? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how many how many uh, different investors do you guys have at the moment, roughly? There's about 30 different investors. Um, oh, wow. Because, you know, the first round was kind of uh, almost like mom and pop investors, angel investors. Yeah. You know. Um, wouldn't call them friends and family because I did. Before I did this, I wasn't in those circles. I don't come from a right. uh, background of a lot of money. Obviously, you know, right, I right, immigrated right. here, uh, and then I did not have a lot of rich friends growing up. So it was really kind of building a network. Uh, but yeah. it was, yeah. So it was a lot of initial angel investors, and then the last round was more venture based. And I imagine the next round is going to be probably a max, a handful of larger venture groups as well. And did you guys, when you guys started, were you guys already like, uh, did you guys already have revenue coming in? Is it, was that part of like the management that you were already doing? You're just using that. Revenue? Yeah. So, right. So the initial, initial, uh, management of the properties kind of helped was like the proof of concept. Like, Hey, look what I did here. I'm covering the mortgage on my house. Um, you know, it was, it was really just taking baby steps. People just wanted right. to see baby steps progress, you know? I've never presented a full business plan. People are always like, I'm spending time on my business plan. I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. Uh, yeah. Don't spend time on a business plan. Spend time taking steps, like baby steps, and then like measuring. Is there interest here? Then if that makes sense, take another step. Um, I think we that's talked about this on the first call where you just kind of got to go yeah. into not do too much research because if you believe something that you can get to it, like you just kind of keep going and make sure you stand out. I remember us talking about yeah. this. Yeah, it was. It's the paralysis by analysis piece, right? Yeah. So it's like you get so deep into it, you're just like, you see all the faults, uh, yeah. you know. And yeah. something, something. I remember reading this too about raising venture uh, capital. Um, it sucks. Raising venture capital is not easy. You're basically like running around town or wherever you are, yeah, uh, asking people for money. Uh, right. right. It's not a comfortable conversation to have. Um, and you know, the saying is like. It's very easy to say no to somebody or it's very easy to find a fault, right? I mean, we all have significant others. It's like, I love my wife to death. She's perfect, but she's not perfect, right? right just like right. I'm far from perfect. Like there's always faults and you got to realize that, um, you know, just like if anything, there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be issues, but just like keep, you know, like think about the bigger picture. Exactly. Um, so exactly. that's the same thing when you start in a business. It's not going to be smooth. There's going to be, you know, issues along the way but by taking baby steps you know you'll actually as many issues as you'll see also you know if you're doing it right you'll see positives right you'll see you'll see wins you're like okay there's momentum here right there's some headwinds but there's also momentum and hopefully there's more momentum and there's headwinds and you can you can knock it out absolutely i love that i love that saying um no and and then uh, the other piece is at what valuation are you guys raising at the moment, if you don't mind sharing, or, or if it's private? Yeah, commercial? yeah, it's private. I can't okay. I can't share that. Uh, no, you're good. You're yeah. good. Yeah. No, that's that's all good. Um, and then in terms of uh, in terms of um, oh man, the the question just slipped my uh, just slipped <laughs> my mind. Um, 
anyways, we'll get back to that. But um, yeah. is there anything is there anything else that you see in the short term rental world that like I mean, I just see like a lot of on Twitter specifically people doing some really cool shit with like, you know, decorations. Are you guys doing any of that like really extravagant? Like this is an actual Airbnb in terms of design and stuff for the property that you guys are investing in. And um, Yes and no, not to the level of some of these guys that do it on Twitter. Um, right. And that you see, I mean, those guys are all the props to them. They just take it to a whole nother level. Yeah. Our ambitions are a little bit bigger than that, where, you know, we have to tr- tie the line between creating a good, like, experience. Because what you build them with Airbnbs is experiences, right? Right. But you also have to, with what we're doing, have a certain scalability to it, right? Like, you can't you got to have some consistencies across the homes and you can't introduce too many unknown unknowns uh, because right. they'll just mess up your ops, right? You're just like, hey, in this this place, we put this type of thing in and in this place, we put this type of thing. And it's just like, it, it, it's impossible to operate it. So the way those guys do it, they do it, um, you know, they're, they don't have a large portfolio. And I don't mean that in a negative way. They're right, just, right. they built extravagant homes where one of their homes will make as much in a month as, you know, 10 of ours. Uh, right, just different right, strategies, right. Yeah, uh, but they can afford to do some of the more extravagant things. So, um, you know, there's multiple le- levels to take it. We do, I mean, we, we work with designers to get the units ready. They all look good. Um, you know, I stayed at an Airbnb last week um, on my drive back from Charlotte from Miami. And this place was, excuse my language, but fucking bonkers. Like, really? Um, it, it, this is one of the things that we're seeing now. So this is a developer a real estate developer is building a master community of short-term rental homes that they're selling to investors right so it's attached to a resort a a water park resort and this the home that i stayed in was 11 bedrooms um you walk in uh like 15 foot tall ceilings extremely open open layout right the kitchen has got like chef style appliances uh huge like 10 foot island you keep walking like 70 inch tvs everywhere you walk you walk through to the house and outside there's like heated pool ping pong table foosball table gas grill and you're already like amazed then you kind of walk back inside you walk into the first bedroom and the bedrooms are really interesting because the bedrooms are set up like a uh, hotel room right where you have like a desk kind of like it looks like a, if you just took a picture of the bedroom, it looks like a hotel. It's got like that desk that's under the TV with right, the one right. weird chair, right? And then, right, right, the, right, right. but all done tastefully, right? And then an attached bathroom. But all eleven bedrooms are like the best way to describe it is like eleven hotel rooms connected to a common area that's part of a house, right? Oh my god! But then, so the bedrooms are all awesome. But then the place has a arcade in it i shit you not a room that's an arcade so air hockey table mr pac-man like a full racing simulation like one of those like when you go to the arcade you can sit down and race a car right with a big screen um and then like a nba basketball papa shot that's one room the uh, the conference uh, the the i said conference room but the dining room has got chairs for 30 people with a tv at the end (laughs) looks like a conference room um, Let me ask you, what made you stay in this place? I'm, I'm sure you weren't by yourself, were you? No, I was with my family, yeah. uh, and we were driving back here, uh, and I just got to know the owner 
be connected through Twitter. And he's like, oh, you should oh. check out my place. So yeah, I, ch- I checked it out on the way home. But oh my God. I wasn't even done yet. This place had a movie theater, a movie theater room. Um, what else did it have? It, it had a, the garage wasn't a garage. It was a, it had a life-size ski simulator in it. Like, <laughs> like you put ski boots on and you're on this like platform and a projection screen in front of you. And you're like, doing a slalom down the um down the slopes of of i think one of them was a place that had the olympics not too long ago it was just like everything was just like just next level very much like a holy shit <laughs> moment um props to them i mean that's what i mean yeah. like we don't do properties like that but they're developing these from scratch with the sole purpose of turning them into these types of short-term rentals so they can they can do that kind of stuff. And um, what does a place like so, that go for when, when you say like renting out just one part of it or one room from it? Like what are they, what are they charging for some crazy shit like that? Because all, so, all the accommodations are for everyone, obviously. So Yeah, so so this is actually that they were they were renting this to groups, not to like okay. it's not like you could rent it and I could rent it. This is all right. like one family together or one group together. Okay. I think this one was about um, 700 bucks per night, uh, but worth every penny of it. If you think about, you know, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say like $2,000 a night. To, this to one, I'm just telling you, that's what this one was. Um, right. Um, you know, I think they were also a little discounted because there's still a lot of construction because they're developing more of these. Oh, but okay, okay. <clears throat> the house was just com- amazing. Very That's cool. amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh, that, that, um, see, I, I feel like I haven't experienced enough cool Airbnbs. Usually when we go, we stay like somewhere in a city or an apartment and yeah, you know, it's cool in its own way, but like stuff like that is really interesting. Cause I see, I'll see stuff on Airbnb, even like some of their experiences, you know, staying in a, like I said, like a sick Airstream or staying somebody mm-hmm. nothing long ago, put something in Mexico where they had this like like house on this like cliff that you can overlook. I don't know how it was. It was just insane what people were doing. So um, I was just amazed. And I was like, I need to just have more like Airbnb experiences. Uh, You know, to me, people ask me, it's like hotels or Airbnbs. If I'm traveling by myself for a couple of nights, hotels are probably the better option. It's going to be there cheaper. People talk about Airbnb being expensive after all the fees. It's true. I mean, there's just, there's no denying it. Uh, a hotel is more convenient if it's just me for a couple of nights tra- traveling, right? Right. But anytime right. I introduce my family, like because I have three little ones, like we right. can't stay in a hotel room. Uh, or if I'm traveling for an extended period of time or traveling overseas, it's short-term rentals all day just because right. kids have their own bedroom. My wife and I, you know, have our room. You know, it's just it's just so much more convenient. Um, and you can cook. You don't I, need to go out all the time. I, exactly right. And there's just there's so much. There's, we've had some of the most amazing experiences from staying in Airbnbs. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. Do you get? Do you have to travel? Do you travel quite a bit for for the work? Um, I used to. Then things slowed down, and then uh, we had moved down to Miami, so I was traveling back and forth between Miami and Charlotte, which is where we're based a lot. But uh, I just moved back to Charlotte, so I'm back here. <clears throat> now so not sure don't have anything in the books right now <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and are yeah. you guys uh in terms of um in terms of rabu uh and kind of like the big picture stuff are you guys are you guys in the market for some sort of like acquisition down like five to seven years from now or even less or you know, is it more like the long tail like let's ride this thing out 
you know, until that day comes, like what's, do you get, I guess my question is, did you have a strategy when you kind of started realizing that this is, this could be scalable and this could be something, you know, cause I can't, I mean, I honestly, even just that data tool that you have, uh, you know, that itself is a, is a, like I said, a little gold mine that kind of put itself out there. Yeah. I mean, transparently speaking. Um, yeah. I mean, the goal was always to find, to be, uh, you know, to raise venture capital uh, and build enough business that somebody would acquire. Um, what that timeline looks like, I'm, I'm thinking probably next two to five years, but who knows? You know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it lasts longer. It's kind of, again, you know, I'm, uh, I mentioned earlier that I'm not like, a, I don't have like a business plan. I'm, it's not like I'm going right. to do X, Y, and Z and then sell at this point. We'll just see how it goes, you know? Right. Absolutely. We'll see how it and goes. It, it's do you guys have, do too you many guys things currently... I can't control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, now, is there anybody doing anything remotely close to what you guys are doing at the moment? Because I, I mean, I haven't run into anybody really, to be honest with you. I mean, I heard, about, I heard about your company from you. So like, I hadn't even gone down any right. rabbit holes to like even try to find that kind of yeah. tool. But when I found it, it was one of those like, I didn't know how much I needed this. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple of other uh, interesting data companies um, that uh, one of them is AirDNA. Uh, okay. AirDNA.co. Uh, they uh, they focus more on like giving you market analysis, where we are okay. more focused on like specific property analysis. So they do a good job of that. Um, okay. And actually, just got acquired uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, um, really? By, by who? a private equity firm. A private equity firm, uh, Alpine, I think. Okay. Uh, okay. And so that's one. Uh, on the kind of like investment management side, nobody really does it the same way we do. I mean, there's a lot of like groups that do property management. Right, um, but that's a little big different. Ones like a, that, that's different. We're kind of like a holistic, hey, invest the money. And now that you've invested it, let us help you actually generate the returns. Uh, yeah. Nobody really does that at scale like we do. Nice, nice. Um, and are you guys building any other like bigger technology pieces internally as well? Uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, uh, we have some ideas, but uh, need some more resource help first before we can go right, right, to, right, right. To, to deep down that route. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, no, I, I think it's a, I think it's an amazing space. And um, my my experience with it was, uh, I lived in down in LA, um, came up here to visit my, you know, now girlfriend. And it was one of those things I just never run back. And I was like, I could rent this on Airbnb. I didn't own the apartment. So I was basically like subleasing it through Airbnb. Yep. This was early days. This was like 2000. 14, 15, I would say somewhere around that time, maybe 16. And it was one of the things like it was just making, I mean, it was like a $980 apartment and I was making like three grand on it per, per month. It was insane. It was like in, in LA and all this other stuff. And I was like, man, this is crazy. So then my parents were just like, Hey, we need, we should buy property and do that up here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. And just never really got around to it. And then um, now they're trying to do it. They actually bought an apartment in Croatia um, and I'm nice. going to help them get, get that set up a little bit more. They're going over there in June to get it all kind of prepared and all this and then take some pictures and probably try to, you know. Where, where in Croatia? Um, it's, um, you, have you heard of Trikvenica? I've not. Is that along yeah. the coast somewhere or? Yeah, or? it's kind of along, uh, along the coast, I believe. Um, I'm not exactly sure, like to pinpoint it, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I know it's like there's like uh, basically the place is known. Um, uh, 
for a very long time, it's known for like healing people who have uh, really bad lung issues. Um, there's mm. something in the air over there where like the airflow just specifically in that part of Croatia, um, it, they literally will take like buses of people who have like lung issues and they'll keep them there for like a few days. And like, it helps like, I don't know what it is. There's something in the air over there that's like with the, with the water being so close and all this, it just, you know, it, it's, it's made for that. I don't know what the fuck it is. Like human made like lung you know, curation center. It's <laughs> cool. crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, pretty awesome. So I'm going to help them, help them kind of get that off the ground and make sure that, you know, they're, they're, they're getting somewhere with it because I feel like that is the, the next, next kind of like level of things is just to like have a few of these things where you can even use it to go yourself. And then, you know, uh, when you're off time, uh, you know, kind of have it, uh, you know, doing what it does. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is we've had a couple of people, a couple of investors say, yeah, you know, and a few times it's empty, I'll stay there. Then nobody ever stays there because the money is just so good. And they're like, okay, yeah. well, screw it. I'm, right, you know, exactly. It's, it's not crazy. worth it. I'd rather go it's... stay with a friend. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. It's crazy. It's crazy, dude. So, no, that's awesome. Um, is there anything else that, that uh, you want to chat about? Anything on your mind? Anything that... Uh, I appreciate you diving into all of those things about Rebu and where you're at. And it's, it's amazing to see, man. I think it's, uh, like I said, I think you guys are doing some great things. And so, um, yeah, man, keep, keep, keep that up, dude. Appreciate it. No, I'm good. Um, this was good. I'm, I'm glad we were able to connect and I love what you're doing too. So, um, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for wanting to be on. Like I said, uh, I, I'm I'm very interested in the space. I'm so glad that, I mean, I learned a bunch of shit today too about how things work. And I was always, like I said, interested in hearing about how you guys do the data pieces and everything. And that gives me a little bit, uh, you know, a better picture of, of that and, and makes it much more useful and, and all that. So I appreciate that. But hopefully people will, uh, will, will kind of, uh, you know, it'll get them going. It'll get them to think about, you know, doing some short-term rental stuff. And Yeah, you know, absolutely. Kind of I mean, again, baby steps. Easiest baby step is go to data.rubble.com. Yeah. Tap in an address. You, yeah. See how much you so, can make. Exactly. And, and let me ask you, what are some... Uh, that, that was a good thing you just mentioned about baby steps. And I, I kind of forgot to ask this, but what are some smaller things that if somebody doesn't have the upfront capital, what are some opportunities you're seeing that people can like, I don't know, co-invest into something? Or is there any like platforms out there where people go in and like, you know, uh, I know there's a company called uh, Arrived Homes and they basically... Yep. You've heard about them, right? They basically kind yep. of like co-invest with their users and you can put in 50 bucks, you can put in a thousand dollars, you can put in yep. whatever, and you get some sort of like reoccurring revenue from that. Yeah, there's, there's arrived. I know one of their, uh, one of our executives, Alejandro, uh, met with him a couple of times. Good, good, good group. They do long-term rentals. There's a new company called here.co, I think here dot something, uh, based okay. out of Miami. That's not doing it for short-term rentals as well. So there's, there's solutions out there uh, if you only want to be a you know a minority investor. Um, you know, uh, there's always the opportunity to, you know, what I tell people is like, see how you like it. Rent out your own house for a weekend right. when you leave or your apartment. Just just try it out. You know, right? Um, there's there's websites that we've used. There's a, a website, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. It might be houseswap.com that we've done before where we've, we've, we've reached out to people and said, Hey, for example, you and say, Hey, Zotko, you want to come down to Charlotte for a few months or weeks or whatever. And I'll come down to, I think you're in, um, Sacramento. Uh, San Jose, Sacramento, sorry, yeah, Sacramento, yeah. Uh, Sacramento. And I'll come to Sacramento for that time period and we'll switch homes. Right. So there's, 
um, opportunities uh, to just, especially these days in the sharing economy, there's opportunities to start doing things with what you currently have uh, and see how you like it and learn from it before, you know, taking the, the kind of the big, big step forward yeah, into actually yeah. acquiring some specific for it. Yeah. And, and um, uh, in terms of like people that let's say your your people are homeowners, let's say I can use me, for example, what, what and I, I don't want to make any kind of like investment strategy or any kind of like, you know, financial advice or anything like that. But from perspective of like somebody owns a home, has some equity in their house, wants to go into a short term rental, like are there any like recommendations like, hey, you know, look into these markets or is there like, you know, places where regulations are just so terrible that you don't want to invest there just because you can't do the short term rental stuff? Like, is there any kind of like baby steps people could take there that are already, you know, kind of halfway in the game of just actually owning a house and having some equity in it? Yeah, I mean, uh, with regards to cities, I would stay away from major cities like New York, San Francisco, right. you know, kind of like metropolitan cities where the hotel units are so strong that they've you know, put out past regulations against short-term rentals. Um, the easiest thing to do is honestly play around with Zillow and, and data.rabu.com. Look at properties yeah. there, type them in into, uh, into the calculator, see what they're making, subscribe to our emails that we yeah. send out. Love um, that email, and, by the way. Um, actually make a, so when we send out those emails, we have a Google, Google sheet that we include that gives you kind of all the numbers, all the calculations there's a convenient copy button at the top that you can press and then you can have your own version of it. So you can start plugging in your own properties with your own assumptions, take away any fees, change fees around. So there's opportunities to play around. And what we've seen is the more people play around with it, the more they realize the end game uh, and they start making kind of life altering decisions. I'm like, Oh man, this is projecting really well. Maybe I should, save up money here or there, or maybe I should do a, and I'm not, I'm not recommended. Yeah, right. I should take a home equity line of credit because I have it and invest into an asset. You know, there's multiple ways that can be done. Uh, but um, again, the baby steps are honestly just doing the analysis and looking yeah. around and like finding something that you fall in love with. That's amazing. That's amazing. Cool, man. I think, uh, I think we can leave it there. And uh, again, man, I think um, you want to drop your, you have your Twitter. Are you heavy on Twitter or are you just kind of on there to like scout? Are you getting better uh, at it? I try, I try, I'm trying to get better at it. It's not natural for me to be on there, but um, I know this powerful. So yeah, I'm at, at Amir Dukic, E-M-I-R-D-U-K-I-C uh, on Twitter. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, like I said, I, I highly recommend the, the Rabu uh, tool. This is like just literally self-promotion because I use it. I'm not fucking telling people, to, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, yeah, just drop an address you'll see. And the email, I'm telling you, it's one of my, uh, I, I love just, like I said, that data sheet is everything that got me to convince a lot more people to think about short-term rentals. Let me just tell you that much. So love um, it. That should be one of your taglines. You want to convince somebody? Open up the Google Sheet. Right now. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. Our the team that put it together uh, it just made it really easy to consume, very organized. Um, yeah. And then once you make a copy of it, you can make your own assumptions, right? Um, so, I highly Amazing. recommend using that. It's free. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's a hundred percent free. Cool, brother. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I'll uh, let you know when all this is out and ready to go, and and we can go from there. But uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll drop you an email. And thanks again for being on the episode. I really appreciate it, man. Of course. Thanks for having me, Zlatko. All right. Cheers, man. Cheers. 
Well, you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning into What Is My Brain podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got some value out of it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button to get notified when new episodes are live. I'm out. Thank you.